What's up? What's going on? Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shaleen Show. This is a topic I have to tell you every single day. My inbox is filled with requests about hormone testing and women in particular and men who want to understand their hormone levels, but they feel like they're handcuffed because their GP either doesn't want to do the testing or they're reluctant to ask or they don't know if it's covered by insurance. But you know that so much of what you feel, your energy, your mood, your weight, like we are a walking hormone, a walking system of hormones. And so many of you have been asking like, okay, first of all, I need to know like, how do I figure out like what's going on with my hormones? How do I do this? Do I have to have blood work drawn? Is it something I could find a test and order it online? Today, I'm sharing a special treat with you. This is an interview done by our director of Phase It Up, our director of nutrition and diet and hormones and habits, that being Ashley Sweeney. Now, maybe you don't know this, but Ashley and I are cousins, and she's super dope and super smart, and she is my go-to girl and our program director. She spends the majority of her time interviewing experts and sorting through fact versus fiction, junk science versus quality science, and today she brings to you an incredible guest of her own. She's going to do an interview here with Dr. Carrie Jones. Now, I asked Ashley to do this interview with the medical director for the Dutch test, and you're going to find out about how you yourself can get your own testing and take control of your hormones and what it is you need to understand, male, female, whether you're trying to get pregnant or you're perimenopausal or menopausal. In fact, they spend a lot of time today talking about how little the average, not all, but the average general practitioner understands how much our hormones impact everything, like our weight, our health, our hair, our sex drive, our energy, all of it. So if you've been wondering, you want to know, and I hope you do, then you're going to love this episode. All right, I'm going to turn it over to my girl, Ashley, and Dr. Carrie Jones. Well, I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Carrie Jones. She's an internationally recognized speaker, consultant, and educator on the topic of women's health and hormones. Graduated from National University of Natural Medicine, School of Naturopathic Medicine from Portland, Oregon, and completed your two-year residency in women's health, hormones, and endocrinology. You then later graduated from Grand Canyon with a master's of public health with a goal of doing more international education. And you worked as an adjunct facility for many years teaching gynecology, advanced endocrinology, fertility, and you've been the medical director for two large integrated clinics in Portland and now serve as the main medical director for Precision <laughs> Analytics, which are the creators of the Dutch hormone test. So thank, thank you, Carrie. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I've been a longtime fan of, well, the Dutch. I think I took my first test maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was when I my eyes were open to a whole different world, nutrition and hormones um, after babies and in phase it up women with hormones and menopause. It's just one of our biggest topics. It's definitely a hot topic. Like a Dutch, our average woman is in her 40s who does mm-hmm. the Dutch test. And so we know that it's a population, I think that gets neglected, I guess, you know, because like, everyone's so like focused on when you're younger and you're trying to get pregnant or trying not to get pregnant you know, mm-hmm. or, like, your, or your period sucks. And then as, as you get older and you sort of phase out of that stage, nobody really taught us. Like we never learned in high school about perimenopause and menopause. And right. so like our moms and grandmothers sat us down and said, okay, <laughs> so there's this next stage, you know, in, in womanhood. So welcome, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of, we just sort of watched other women go through it. Like what's wrong with them? Yeah, And it sucks. It's not fair. 
And so much more than hormones. I mean, hormones, I guess, are related to so much more because I've done webinars with you. You just did one on hair loss. You know, like you're just a huge wealth of knowledge. So it's really an honor for us to have you here. But menopause and perimenopause were some of the biggest topics that Phased Up Women were asking about and really just kind of getting through it without it being so miserable. (laughs) (laughs) And there are some things that are normal and there are some things that are not normal and to be expected. So I guess, well, since we've talked about the Dutch, but we haven't really said what it is. Do you want to say what the Dutch test is for everybody? Yeah, that's a good point. So it's actually an acronym. It stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. So it is not a Dutch heritage test, which we do get asked about. But basically, it's these strips of paper that you urinate on four, sometimes five times in a day. And you do it throughout the day because we're looking to get a rhythm. We want to see your cortisol through the day. And what we'll do is we'll take a weighted average of all your other hormones. So your progesterone, your estrogen, your testosterone, we actually do pull those off of every single strip that you submit. And so by getting it in urine, as opposed to like going for a blood draw, which is a big question, why can't I just get my blood drawn? Well, now a lot of people don't want to go to a lab. And so they really like the convenience of doing this at home. But the urine gives this extra added bonus in that you get to see where hormones go. So blood work tells you how much you have floating around in circulation and urine kind of gives you a better snapshot of how much you had in circulation and then how it gets processed, yeah. which is really important for women, especially when we're looking at estrogen, because all women freak out about estrogen. Right. And the way estrogen is processed can tell us if we should freak out or not. And so it is definitely helpful to go, oh, if you choose to go on hormone replacement therapy on, on estrogen, or maybe you're just feeling estrogenic, you've been told you have estrogen dominance like, let's figure out what's going on. Where in these pathways that we find in the urine, are you going down the wrong pathway or you're stuck? Maybe your pathway is blocked and then we can work backwards and help unblock and unplug and re, you know, divert so that you feel more balanced. And that's what's, the, that's what's great about Dutch because you can do it at home and then you get all this information. Yeah. And you can see it visually the way you, you say divert. I'll put a screenshot for members what the test results look like because you can actually see the pathways that it's taking and where it gets blocked on, on the testing. And you really should have it done with a provider who knows how to read it because otherwise it's just... <laughs> it's a lot of circles and arrows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Most everyone who's used to a blood jar are used to just a list of... Right. You know, like your cholesterol, it's like total LDL, HDL, triglycerides. And then what glucose. it is. Yeah. And then what it is, you know, and so you have to like line item by line item. Whereas Dutch, just like you said, we follow what's called a steroid pathway. So we start at the top and then you follow the arrows down and that's the way it moves through your body. And so it's really nice to go, oh, I'm, this circle is high, but this circle is low. It looks like I'm not able to get through this arrow. What's going on? So it's so interesting. And there's a lot of reasons why it may not get through that arrow Mm -hmm. or get down there. And then that's what someone like you or one of your providers would help kind of get through like where Mm -hmm. it gets held up and stuff and affects your hormones and the downstream of hormones. Like even at the bottom of the test, you can see some of the B12 vitamins and and statuses and then especially melatonin. Melatonin is a hormone and they can see Mm -hmm. the hormone status there. So it's not just estrogen, progesterone, and it's like your hormones are so much more than Mm -hmm. that. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we just think of birth control hormones and we don't think of all the other hormones that are affected. Right. No, yeah, absolutely. The term hormones actually is really broadly encompassing. We have a lot more hormones than we realize in our body. And unfortunately, especially as women transition into perimenopause and menopause, they can all go awry. (laughs) So who do you recommend to have uh, hormone testing done? 
So I tend to recommend it once a woman starts her period. So let's say in puberty, our reference ranges go down to the age of 12, but I don't recommend a woman or a teenager get them done if she hasn't started her period yet or she's not consistent. So we'll have moms who will say, oh my gosh, my daughter is 14. She's crazy PMS, bad cramps. Can she do the test? Yes. If she has mm-hmm. kind of regular cycles, let's do it. But if she's 12, she hasn't started her period. I get she's hormonal, but like everything's changing day to day. So we have to wait until she gets her period. Then we have women is like in their eighties and nineties. I mean, we have women that are like, I'm 85 and I'd like my sex drive back. I'm like, yes, you should. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. You know, or uh, we have a woman who ran the other day. She's 92. She can't sleep. So she wanted to see what her cortisol was. And I thought, that's brilliant. Awesome. Yes, you should be vib- want to be vibrant and have energy and be able to sleep at 92. Yeah. But I will say the average woman is in her 40s. Not to say that you can't be in your 30s or 50s, but the right. average woman, I think, sort of comes to that, what is going on with my body in her 40s? You know, mm-hmm. like, this isn't working for me. Let's test and figure out. Mm. And do you find most of the time it's, well, I guess, like, I came to the Dutch test. I found the Dutch test through postpartum and like, it just, I didn't really get the same, didn't feel the same again afterwards, mm-hmm. kind of like your body after pregnancy and babies and breastfeeding and just stress, mm-hmm. how much that impacts your hormones. There's just, there's so many th- factors, I guess. Huge. And we call it the big transitions for women. So transitioning into puberty, they get in your period, mm-hmm. pregnant, Mm-hmm. And then postpartum, they're all P's, <laughs> pregnant, postpartum, perimenopause and menopause. So the, those big transitions, those are kind of when women get hit the hardest mm-hmm. just because there's such fluctuations between estrogen and progesterone in particular, but then that affects your thyroid and that affects your iron and affects your testosterone and affects your cortisol and it affects your glucose. And it's like the domino falls and there goes your endocrine system. Everything's affected. Yeah. And, and as women, we feel it, you know, you know, women are like, wow, I get messages from women. Like I delivered my baby a year ago and I still feel like a mess, right? Mm-hmm. Like I still feel, I don't understand why a year later I'm still having these symptoms or I've women that, you know, I've delivered my baby two years ago or five years ago, or, you know, or now I'm in perimenopause <laughs> and it's never quite gotten better. In fact, it's getting worse. What is happening? It's like, let's get you back on track. Yeah. And that's why I... Did it too. It was two years postpartum. But <laughs> mm-hmm. do you think tw- with 2020, with just how it is with the stress of extra life stressors, is making a difference for women and their hormones? Yes. I mean, like, yes, what you with been, a yeah. huge <laughs> exclamation yes. point. What are you seeing <laughs> in your practice? So we see all the time more anxiety, more insomnia, more hair loss because cortisol and stress is a big factor for hair loss, unfortunately. We're seeing more thyroid issues, we're seeing more weight gain. We're seeing more like more PMS, which is so less ovulation. When women release an egg every month at ovulation, at that point only do they make progesterone and progesterone is our calming, soothing, relaxing hormone. So we're seeing less consistent or robust ovulations, therefore less progesterone, therefore she feels less calm and she's not sleeping as well. And so we're seeing sort of like more mood swings. We get mood swings, you know, checked on the box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More lately, more acne, you know, more skin condition stuff. And so, yeah, absolutely. 2020, it's definitely caused a lot of problems hormonally. Even women who are like, I'm having, I'm actually having a great year. Like, I hate to say this, you know, but my business, whatever business they were in is thriving or, you know, exactly wonderful with my kids home for whatever reason, you know, like even women (laughs) who are like, this is great. It's a lot, you know, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they got less taken off their plate. And when they got more put on their plate, that 
you know, wear a mask, stay at home, homeschool it, right? Like maybe, Mm. maybe you don't have your job, you know, what have you, maybe you got the virus and you were sick for a while. It's going to affect your hormones. And unfortunately hormones, I say this all the time. It's a little bit like turning a cruise ship. It's not like, you know, I was sick yesterday or I was tired yesterday, but today like moving forward, I'm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Hormones are, especially women, it takes about three months for women to start to notice big differences. And, you know, women don't like that. They're like, I don't have three months. I have things to do. (laughs) I know. But I mean, if you think about how long that stress and those different things were affecting your hormone systems, Mm -hmm. and then you have to, you kind of give yourself grace, I guess, as you're doing some of the healing and some of the recoveries, you know, maybe that helps put it in perspective. But now as it comes to menopause and perimenopause specifically, one, how would the Dutch test impact or be beneficial during that time specifically? Yeah. So I find it extremely helpful because as women head into perimenopause, they were usually used to very regular cycles and Mm -hmm. symptoms that they maybe could rely upon. I'm not saying they were normal, but they were common, right? right? And then what happens is, is she runs out of follicles and the follicles on our ovaries are what contain the egg. And so the brain is telling the ovary every month, like, okay, release an egg. Like, let's go through the whole factory of making hormones and get to the egg part, release it and keep going. And eventually like that communication doesn't really work. Like the factory doesn't really want to do it anymore. The factory is running out of parts. So she's feeling this up down. Like she might say, oh my gosh, I've skipped my period for the first time ever. I'm having hot flashes for the first time ever. I've got this weight gain suddenly out of nowhere that around my belly area, like this is Mm -hmm. terrible. And, you know, lots of changes can happen at perimenopause and they can come and go. And so with Dutch testing, what's really nice is that I can get a snapshot to say, here's what I, we can work on. Like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. your progesterone is already low. Like you're, or, oh my gosh, you're already heading into perimenopause with higher than anticipated estrogen. So that's going to cause symptoms. Or, oh my gosh, your testosterone is already kind of on the low end. You're already complaining of feeling squishier, not as strong as you used to be. Your libido is not like what it used to be. Like, and, and I can just foresee like, this isn't oh, going to yeah. get better, right? Like this is, this mm-hmm. is, it doesn't, generally get better. We have to intervene a little right. bit. Same with cortisol. Women heading into perimenopause are generally at an age where they're at the height of their career, but they also have kids maybe graduating high school or entering mm-hmm. college, right? They, their parents are getting older. Maybe they're caretaking some of their parents. There's moves, there's divorces, there's illness. And so it's that big transition part internally for a woman, but there's also seems to be a lot going on externally for a woman. So we want to look at her cortisol. Mm-hmm. How are you handling this? <laughs> because we know cortisol is one of the big things. When I talk to my menopausal, perimenopausal women, I'm like stress management, sleep management, and blood sugar management are your three managements that you have to take care of because otherwise it could definitely be a rougher yeah. time going. Okay, quick interruption. And I just want to thank those of you who understand how significant it is that we actually have show sponsors. Every once in a while, there's somebody who like writes a negative review, like, I don't like all the ads. I'm like, really? How do you think we pay for these podcasts? A lot of shows aren't as lucky as we are, where we've got like people who I can actually reach out to and say, hey, I use your product. Would you be willing to be a sponsor for the show? So I just want to say thank you to those of you who get it. You understand like this is how we make things work. And we're just really lucky that I get people who reach out every day and they want to run an ad on the show, but I'm like, I would never use that product. So thank you so much for those of you who do support our sponsors like My Soul CBD. 
MySoul CBD is the company that we use for CBD products for everybody in our family, including our dogs and including my father-in-law. CBD is remarkable. It just is. And I think it's really important for those of you who want to make sure you get a high quality CBD product that doesn't have any THC. Remember, it's the THC is the thing that can make you feel like you're high. CBD itself, the compounds are such that they basically help to recalibrate your central nervous system. That is why it can help with anxiety and stress. It can help with achiness. It can help with sleep. It can help other remedies that you're taking to be more effective. They pride themselves on having the highest quality CBD products. I love this company. Their products are gluten-free, 100% organic, third-party lab tested. And get this, I just did an interview with the CEO of CBD, and they third-party lab test the labs that third-party lab test their products. Like They have that much concern for the quality and the integrity of the products that they offer. Products that they offer, they have gummies. They have oil tinctures. You can just put a couple of droplets under your tongue. They have capsules if you'd rather do that. I personally take the dream capsules. Every single night, I take two of them. We give the CBD gummies. I love those too, but I give those every single night to my father-in-law. Now, they're new CBD products for pets. You can try My Soul CBD by going to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Chalene. Again, it's mysoulcbd.com forward slash Chalene. That's where you'll automatically get 20% off at checkout. By doing so, you will be supporting the Shaleen show and you will not be disappointed. All right, back to the show. So you said stress management, sleep management, and blood sugar management. Yep. Those are for sure huge. Yep. And now would you say those are more important than diet or what would you say was like so d- diet would fall into under the blood sugar and under oh, the stress right yeah so absolutely 100 percent. and same with ex- like people are like what about exercise i'm like mm-hmm. that falls under blood sugar management and <laughs> exercise or right, management. Yeah. yeah it all falls under those under those umbrellas because they're all super important and i this is what i hear a lot from women is i've carry i've changed nothing i didn't change my diet i didn't change my yeah. exercise i didn't change anything and all of a sudden i feel terrible i've gained 10 pounds. I can't sleep anymore. My hair is falling out. You know, whatever this, I'm having hot flashes. Yeah. I have brain fog. My joints hurt. I get frozen shoulder. Like, where did this come from? You know, I changed nothing. I'm like, I know it's, you're in reverse puberty. <laughs> Perimenopause is reverse puberty. So if you remember puberty going in, perimenopause, you're backing out. So you do, yeah. you have to change. You have to change. You know, I, you yeah. can't get away with what you used to be able to get away with. So if you were a cardio bunny, we have to change that. If you were carb heavy, yeah. you know, like your program is like amazing, right? Like if you were all sugar right. all the time and lived on coffee, like it's not going to work anymore. Right. And I'm very guilty of that, but <laughs> I'm very open about my coffee problem. But um, no, but even the blood sugar balance, I think I actually just did a recent interview all about blood sugars with another doctor where we talked about how important that is to start monitoring blood sugars. And you can do it simply by just doing a fasting blood sugar at home mm-hmm. with just you know the simple glucometers at home. Those are some tests that you could have your doctor do with your A1Cs mm-hmm. and measure your fasting blood sugar. Because I know it co- a lot of times cost maybe a, a yeah. burden for some women to go full in with all the testing that they mm-hmm. want to do or even full in with a provider. But they could start with their provider getting some of the baselines, even yeah. though we know in conventional medicine, it, it might be trickier to get the tests that we think are really needed. Right. Right. Like insulin. Like I think, I think mm-hmm. the range for a fasting insulin, which is a one of glucose's good friends is quite large. It's a very big range. And so a lot of times 
I'll see it in the double digits and doctors are like, oh, it's fine. You know, like it's, you haven't hit the upper end of the range yet. I'm like, mm. well, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> fine and optimal are two different things, you know? So the insulin ideally should be in the single digits. And I think from a sort of functional, let's prevent diabetes, let's prevent insulin resistance, let's prevent metabolic syndrome type of view. Right. right. And so, and it's great because insulin's not an expensive test and it's generally covered by insurance. And so, right. just, you know, if you're like, you ask your conventional doctor, primary care, your gynecologist, like, Hey, can I get some fasting blood work done? I'd really like glucose and insulin. It's usually they're like, yeah, sure. Cause it's pretty standard and not, and not that expensive, which is great. And then you can get fancier. You can get those like continuous glucose monitors, yeah. you know, your arm. I have one in my arm right now. It is oh my gosh. the most fun toy in the whole world because I'm just trying everything. You know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. what does dark chocolate do to me? Right? Like what does caffeine do to me? Mm -hmm. What does stress do to me? Let's be honest. What does wine do to me? (laughs) What does pizza do to me? You know, like, I'm like, let's see how we call it metabolically flexible, right? Like Mm -hmm. how flexible are you? Can your body roll with the punches when you, you know, maybe eat something that's an indulgence, let's say, and once or twice is usually fine. But if it's your consistent normal, then the body starts to break down right. its ability to handle that. And so that's really nice to have this thing in my arm. I'm part of a beta test, but you can get it. Like you can get it through a pharmacy. Right. Your doctor can prescribe it. And then you can find out for yourself. Like, oh, so I tons of people write me on social media. Oh my gosh, Carrie, I can't do sweet. Like they've done blood sugars. I can't do sweet potatoes. I'm like, I love sweet potatoes. Right. I didn't think to try sweet potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that says so much too about individuality yes. of the person. Like we can say, even in our program, we have lists of what foods are anti-inflammatory and non-anti-inflammatory, but we say possibly anti-inflammatory, like mm-hmm. because things that are going to affect your blood sugar may not affect my blood sugar in the mm-hmm. same way, just because of how we are. So sometimes, I mean, especially for you as a provider, that has to be hard to be able to give advice sometimes when somebody comes to you saying, can I eat this? Should I eat this? Right. You know? and, and you're like, well, test. Yeah. It's what I say all the time. And even you don't even have to, like, even from a inflammatory perspective, mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't have to do it like a pay for a test. You can actually eat the thing or cut the thing out for a couple of weeks, add the thing back in and see what happens. You know, yep. people do it with dairy, people do it with wheat, people do it with corn. Yeah. And after a couple of weeks, they're like, oh man, that hurt my stomach or, oh man, I broke out or man, I started sniffing and snotting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh man, my joints really hurt. I guess it was pretty inflammatory. Yeah. And I love, I mean, you're speaking our program right there. And then in there, like that's what we have the base of the first phase Ignite is all about is kind of testing those things out for yourself. Now, okay, I'm going to get back to another question that keeps coming up in the program or actually multiple people asked this when I I said I was going to be interviewing you. How do you actually know if you're in menopause? And Mm. I think they're asking that because everybody's so stressed right now and just stress alone can impact your cycle. Mm -hmm. So how do you know what's just stress and just being off for a month versus I'm starting? Right. So the quickest way to know would be like age and symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I'll start with menopause. The true definition of menopause is that you have gone 12 months with no period. Mm -hmm. Once you've gone 365 days, no period, you can still have hot flashes, night sweats, brain fog, vaginal dryness, joint pain, all that lovely stuff. (laughs) But 365 days, no period. That is on the 366th day you are considered menopausal. Mm, So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh no, I get a period every month. I just get hot flashes. Mm. You're probably perimenopausal. Yeah. So perimenopausal is generally considered between the ages of like 39 to the mid Mm fifties. And then menopause overlaps that 
by a lot. I have women in their 40s who stop, who went into menopause, mm-hmm. just as like oh I have women in their 50s who are still randomly cycling and, you know, okay. perimenopausal. So perimenopause are usually, it's eight sort of age and then symptoms, like you're getting skipped periods, you're getting hot flashes, night sweats, you're getting weird joint pain. The reason for the joint pain is estrogen is lubricating. And so it lubricates joints, right? It lubricates eyes, mouth, tissues, vagina. And when you lose estrogen, you become drier all over. Mm-hmm. Mood swings, sleep issues. And so that's more classically perimenopause mm-hmm. once okay. you start to skip cycles and or erratic. I'll have women say I had two periods in a month and then I skipped four months. I'm like, welcome to perimenopause. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's really helpful. Yep. Now, what about hormone replacement therapy? That was mm-hmm. the next question that was asked over and over again. <laughs> what is your take? I, I guess kind of there's conventional take to hormone replacement therapy and then a doctor, like your take. So what's kind of your perspective? So usually when I get asked about hormone replacement therapy or HRT, everyone means estrogen. So HRT does mean any hormone replacement, thyroid, testosterone, DHEA, progesterone, estrogen, cortisol. They're all hormones and you're just Mm -hmm. replacing them. So usually what women mean is, well, estrogen, because that's the scariest. Right. I have a very sort of blanket statement. So if for the right woman, depending on her symptoms, her history, her labs, and her imaging, like, you know, mammogram or whatever she's got, an ultrasound, thermography, MRI, depending on that, then I think estrogen replacement therapy is a good idea. And I'm very careful. I don't hand it out like candy, Mm -hmm. but I do find that as women go into menopause and they lose out on their estrogen production, that loss of estrogen does put them at risk for things like heart disease. Heart disease is the number one killer of women. It's not breast cancer. Breast cancer is concerning. I'm not downplaying at all, but breast cancer is not the number one killer of women heart diseases. And so diet, again, we're back to diet, right? right? Like blood sugar, sleep, stress, and estrogen is really helpful as women get older. Estrogen is also helpful for brain health. There's a researcher, her name is Lisa Moscani, and she wrote the XX Brain. And it's all about women's brains and how, how, right? Mm -hmm. It's so good. She's such an amazing, and she's she's French, so she has this great accent. She's a great (laughs) speaker. And so estrogen is one of the things she touches on and how it can help, you know, with mm. brain health. We know it helps with skin health, right? We know it helps with bone health. We know it helps with vaginal health. We know it helps with all of this stuff. And so I have to be very careful and mindful of the breast cancer part of it. I would right. never want to put a woman at risk, but I also don't want to risk her brain and her bones and her heart, which are, you know, quality of life and, yeah. you know, ultimately could be really just as devastating. And right. so- the reason estrogen got a very bad rap is the WHI, the Women's, the Health, Women's Initiative. Health Initiative, that came out and said, oh my gosh, if you took, you know, if your estrogen's bad, you know, HRT is bad, it's going to cause cancer. Mm-hmm. And subsequently, since that time, a lot of studies have come out countering it or at least saying like, I don't think that's nearly as, I don't think we should have stopped the presses and stopped all HRT like we should have. Right. Like there was a lot of drama we found out about that trial. That test, and so, yeah. so yeah, so I will say for women, you don't necessarily have to be scared of HRT. There's a really great book. It's called Estrogen Matters. Okay. And it's by, yeah, Avram Blooming and Carol Tavris. And they go through all the studies. Anyone can read it. And they go through all the studies, the WHI, and it's just a really nice overview of estrogen. And so, yeah. So I'm definitely safe for the right woman, the right workup. Yeah. And you should never give estrogen by itself if a woman Mm -hmm. still has her uterus you have to give progesterone with it because we have to protect her against endometrial cancer risk. And so, yeah. it's, so you have to be doing it with somebody who knows what they're yeah, talking about. Absolutely. 
And does after somebody's taken the Dutch test, is that how you maybe gauge how much they get or what form they get or? Sort of in a sense. So the form depends on a lot of things. So you can do estrogen like is a patch, is a pill, is a cream, right? Vaginal cream is a pellet. There are all these ways to do estrogen. And so honestly, I will ask, I will ask the woman like, okay, do you have small kids at home? Women who had kids later in life, but now they're perimenopausal because I wouldn't use a cream with her. I don't want to get the estrogen cream on her kids. mm -hmm. Right. You know, and so, or some women like estrogen vaginally, which is really great for vaginal health, but she can't use it as a lubricant because we don't want her partner to get any of that estrogen. And so she's like, well, that could be a real concern. I'm like, all right, we won't, then we Hmm. won't do that. (laughs) Like, like, let's, so it's a lot of like, tell me about your life. And then we're going to try to match the route to what's going on with you. Like the patches are adhesive. You know, the patches are one of my favorite, but if somebody's extra super sensitive to adhesive, you know, because it's like a little stamp that's stuck on you, she may be like, oh, but I react, you know, I react to Band-Aids. I react to you know, oh, everything. Yeah. Like, oh, you probably shouldn't do these then. <laughs> so, so these are all these questions that I ask for women. And then I generally start lowest dose. You know, I go lowest dose and work up slow because she's never been on hormone before. So we want to know. And so what other types of hormone replacement therapy might you give someone if it's a estrogen progesterone combo? Mm-hmm. Are there other ones that I said, I really don't know much about yeah. hormone replacement <laughs> therapy, yeah. so, but you already mentioned that there's a whole dose. I mean, I know about thyroid supplements. I know about mm-hmm. adrenal glandulars. Like mm-hmm. I, I know some of those, but I really don't know much about other hormone replacement therapies. There's like testosterone and DHEA, oh. right? And so they're like, so for example, Estrogen is generally, generally reserved for as women get older. So perimenopause and menopause, but progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, obviously thyroid, Mm -hmm. women may use younger. I mean, I I have women in their twenties or thirties that I'm like, Hey, look for a short time while we're figuring out the cause Let's go on some progesterone and here's why, especially fertility. Because they may be PCOS. Fertility, or PCOS, okay. PMS, PMDD. You know, oh, okay. like let's band aid pretty heavily while we're working on the back cause. Let's okay. make your life better. Testosterone, DHEA, which is over the counter, but just be very careful. It is, mm-hmm. it is a hormone. But I definitely like these are great replacements, but while I'm trying to work on the cause mm-hmm. when you're younger. Same for melatonin. We forget melatonin is a hormone. And so it's, very readily available over the counter in the US. It is not over the counter in other countries. Hmm. It's prescription only in pretty much every other country. That's so because it's a hormone and it should be regulated. And so what I find is that a lot of people will overdose. They take a lot of melatonin. They'll take three milligrams, five milligrams, 10 milligrams. And our body actually only makes, if memory serves, it really only makes like point three to 0.5 milligrams a day. Oh, interesting. So it's, it's like, bitty baby dose, but yet everything over the counter is three or lot. five. Yeah. yeah I think. <laughs> and my melatonin, according to my most recent Dutch test was only like 11. Oh, that's not good. And so it's not good, <laughs> but I mean, uh, but I haven't slept for like four years with my little kids. So I'm working on better sleep habits to improve my melatonin. And then also supplementing with melatonin in the meantime, while totally. I work. It. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. 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 Totally. Oh yeah. That's what I tell. Cause yeah. people will say like, do you like melatonin? I'm like, I do. I do. Just like I was saying, it's a great bandaid mm-hmm. while you're addressing the cause, you know why like, you're not sleeping. Right. And right. so you're, you're, we're just trying to keep your head above water and, and work on the sleep and that sleep hygiene and things like right. that. There are truly people though, that can't make melatonin very well to get from mm-hmm. serotonin to melatonin. There are two basically pathways you have to go through two genes that are responsible for making melatonin. Mm -hmm. And I have had people who truly have broken 
genes, broken SNPs is what we call them. And they struggle to make melatonin. So they will probably be on melatonin the rest of their life. They just physically can't make it very well. Okay. Um, I have another question. So yes. and serotonin is made in the gut most, mostly, mostly, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if somebody has poor gut status and then they're also struggling with sleep and, you know, yeah. well, you know, the gut really is related to so much more than just going to the bathroom. Yeah. Could that have an impact also Huge. on the melatonin status? Okay. Huge. Yeah. So serotonin is made from tryptophan. And so tryptophan can actually go two different directions. And so one direction is towards serotonin and mm-hmm. melatonin. And then the other direction is what we call, it starts with a K, it's called the kynurinine pathway. And it's basically the pathway your body upregulates with infection and inflammation to eventually help protect you. So when you have infection and when you have inflammation, so when you have an upset gut, you know, you're maybe are eating things you shouldn't, or maybe it's stress related, or maybe you have a parasite, right? Candida, Mm -hmm. something like that. Then your body will divert away from serotonin and melatonin and down the kynurinine pathway. So it's a protective mechanism, but you lose out on serotonin and melatonin. Interesting. So, okay. And, yeah, it, and this, I- that same path diversion happens with high cortisol. So lots of stress. And when you have high relative estrogen, so estrogen higher than you should at certain parts of your cycle. Mm-hmm. So women will have lots of estrogen as they're headed up to their period and suffer from depression or you know anxiety, things like can't sleep, Mm-hmm. Because the body has shifted the pathway, like, ooh, let's go down this more protective pathway, which is, right. you know, great for survival, but not right. good for the mood. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, think, I mean, our bodies are amazing at how they can protect us. And then yeah. and then you get past that survival stage and you're like, oh gosh, I, now I have to recover. And yeah. it's, that's where so many women are when they, I'm sure by the time they get to you, it's like, okay, now I've, now and it's, I'm, I'm survived. I'm, I'm here, but right. I like thrive, you know, you want to really live. And it's a hard, pill to swallow for lack of a better saying, because I'll say like hair loss, right? Hair loss, the hair, unfortunately is not critical for survival. It's vanity. Mm-hmm. It's like one person's like, it keeps us warm. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's true. The body should want our hair. Yeah. But when you are in a fight or flight mode pretty consistently, and you're just trying to keep your head above water and things together, then you, these women often complain of hair loss. Mm-hmm. And because the body's like, look, I cannot divert blood up there. I can't divert nutrients up there. I cannot divert hormones up there. I need those things in critical areas like the liver and the heart and you know other places, the lungs. And so we lose hair. And so once we get past or through or we're working on the fight or flight, women will go, but my hair hasn't grown back yet. I'm like, I know, because it's literally turning a cruise ship. Like you were in fight or flight and your body's not quite caught up to the fact that like, you know, you're safe, but it's still on edge. It's still mm-hmm. hypervigilant. It's still mm-hmm. like, well, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's, she's going to stress out again. And so we shouldn't grow hair right now. Eventually it will keep up, catch up, but it definitely takes longer than we like. It definitely, yeah. you know, like we don't have six months to wait for our hair to grow back, but that's the body's like, <laughs> sorry. look, yeah, sorry. More I, important things to worry mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been so interesting. I'm trying to think if I have any other questions. I think we've kind of gone through most of the ones that I was going to ask you. How does somebody go about getting the Dutch test and working with other providers? I mean, there, I know there's some resources on the website, but is there any mm-hmm. tips or tricks or special resources for women? Yeah. So the website is dutchtest.com. Everything on there is free. All of our webinars, all the podcasts like this one, will go. everything will go up there. And you can order your own test by yourself. You can get the results sent to you. We are have that ability, direct to consumer. Yep. And but we prefer, we suggest, just like you said, go through a provider because we do have a few testing options. And really it's most important that you talk to your provider to know is the hormone test 
the right one. The right, the first and the first test you should run for you. So for example, like maybe, maybe you're struggling with lots of GI issues and it makes better sense to spend your money on a GI test and cleaning up your diet and changing things and spending money on the right food and, you know, getting that Mm -hmm. in the app instead of (laughs) doing the hormone test, because you may find if like, oh, the GI ultimately is at the core of my issues. And then that really improved my hormones a lot. Or you may find like, oh no, it's all hormonal. It's cortisol. (laughs) Like let's test (laughs) and see what's going on. And then that provider can guide you through what you need to do. Because most people, like you said in the beginning, the, the Dutch test is comprehensive. It's six pages of comprehensiveness and many things you do like HRT, you have to have a prescription. Right. And it can be overwhelming to be like, well, what do I do next? Or what do I take? Or I don't know how, what does that mean? And I understand. So that's why we do have a find a provider link on the website. So you can put in your zip code, city, Mm -hmm. whatever. And most people are virtual now too. So most literally everybody is virtual, which is wonderful. And so we do have a virtual list. I mean, most everybody is virtual. And then we have some people that have always been virtual. So we have that as well. Yeah. And then you can go on, you know, you can find the providers and you can honestly just stock them and see who's a good fit for you and who resonates with you. And and I've done that before too. I've looked on who's available and then either maybe checked out their Instagram or their website and been like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, she does see people who have just had a baby and it's like more this age range, or maybe it looks like she's works with women who are more menopausal or PCOS focused. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely find the expert who's best for you. And I think I love your suggestion too of the Dutch may not be the first place just to go start. And right. you don't know that unless you talk to the expert. So, and, and obviously hormone symptoms are the most prominent, you know, women, right. are, women will tell you, I feel hormonal, <laughs> right. but, but why? And so that's why it's often nice to have a provider sit down with you, go through your history, go through yeah. your symptoms and go, Oh, you know what? Actually, this sounds like X over here. Let's right. put your money over here. Actually, where I started too is I started did a GI map first because Uh and we found H. pylori. So Mm. until we treated that infection and treated H. pylori, which me and and the family had, when we all did the testing, you know, it was never going to get better until we treated that, and then could kind of do more piecing together of pieces. And just because I like to know what's Mm -hmm. going on, Mm -hmm. I was able to do a Dutch test. But so I just. I can't thank you enough too for all the education you provide <laughs> to the other doctors who you're training because I seriously, every time I see that you're on an Instagram live or somebody you're with somebody, I'm like trying to hop on so I can <laughs> just like catch two minutes of what you have to say. Oh my gosh. You're just, you're such a wealth of knowledge and I'm so grateful for what you're doing for women. So, oh, Ashley, I so appreciate that. That's so kind. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for hopping on and I'll share all the links and all the resources below. Wonderful. Thank cool. you again.